Hi there, and welcome to the Press Gallery, Edmonton Journal's politics podcast, The Blindside Edition. It is Friday, December 19th, and my name is Sarah O'Donnell. I'm the host of our weekly show. We had intended this week to record our second annual end-of-the-year quiz show, but thanks to an epic floor crossing, that plan was shredded, lit on fire, and tossed out the window Tuesday. I'm delighted to have city columnist Paula Simons. Hello, Sarah. And content editor Kathy Kerr here with me this morning. Good morning. We're expecting provincial affairs columnist Graham Thompson to whisk in here at any moment to uh, to help you fill know, us in it, on the it, week. Unless he's crossed to the Edmonton Sun. Oh, well, that could be, but we're all part of the same family now anyways, <laughs> in right. theory. It feels a little weird to say this still, but Daniel Smith is now a member of the Progressive Conservative Caucus. On Wednesday, she quit the Wild Rose Party that she has led for five years in spectacular fashion and took eight of the remaining Wild Rose MLAs with her. Don't feel bad if you didn't see this plot twist coming. You're not alone. I spent most of my week picking my jaw up off the floor. So, Paula and Kathy, can you please just explain to me, to Albertans, what we saw happen this week. What we saw happen was so unprecedented, it boggles the mind. I mean, I can't really put my head around (laughs) this, but essentially we saw the leader of the opposition with eight of her MLAs trail across the floor and land in Jim Prentice's lap. Um, It was just so amazing and bizarre. It was I can't even express how strange it was. Yeah, and especially when you consider that when we came in Monday morning, Kathy, you and I were expecting to have an editorial board with the official leader of the opposition. That was that's what we were planning to do, right? Daniel I, Smith was supposed to come talk to us about life in opposition. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, when, when they cancelled, it was such an odd sort of cancellation at the very last minute that a few little spidey senses went up and went, something's going on. There must be something happening with the Wild Rose because we just can't figure this out. What, why is she canceled? This is, and especially because they had asked for the editorial board in the first place instead of a year-end interview. The excellent news is that Graham Thompson just walked in the door. <laughs> so and, we, and landed right in Kathy's lap. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just restate my initial question for Graham's benefit, which was in a nutshell, what the heck just happened? We saw an unprecedented blowing up of democracy in Alberta. I think it was bad before. It's going to get worse now. We, we saw the Wild Rose, especially the leader, Daniel Smith, go back on everything that she stands for. You go back over the years, I think she said about um, grassroots democracy, consulting with with uh, her voters before she does major things. And she just did all this backroom deals. Everything that she has stood up against, it seems she did this week, or this week, the last few months. This has been in the works, according to her, for months, according to the premier for five weeks. So it's all through the fall sitting of the legislature when they were, you know, um, in question period and things like that. There was talks going on secretly behind closed doors under the table to have the majority of the Wild Rose join the government. It is I, I'm, my jaw still on the floor. We heard about this a few weeks Alongside ago. Alongside mine. <laughs> We'd heard rumblings for a while about this. Um, people basically lied to me about it. Oh, no, nothing's going on. And, of course, things were going on. 
Oh, Kathy, have you ever seen anything like this ever? You are a student of all things politics. Well, and and actually, I've been involved in the coverage of politics since 1981. And I can say I've seen them cross the floor in every direction, left, right, diagonally. I've seen parties rise and fall, Western Canada concept, anyone. I've seen the end of the mighty Socreds when the last two Socred MLAs basically threw in the towel and ran as independents in 1982. I've never seen anything like this, both for the magnitude of it, nine at once, uh, for the leader actually switching sides, for um, just the audacity of it, um, amazing. And the timing is so bizarre. I mean, it's not, if we were close to an election, if they dropped a writ, if something like that had happened, it, it would have been something. But it just feels like, wow, you know, right in the middle of things, um, they just tossed it all away. They just decided, you know, we seem to be on a downslide. Let's just give it up and join the other side. I mean, audacity is Kathy's word. I've never seen anything so craven, so cowardly, and, and, and so so lacking in moral fiber. You know, national unity governments are not unprecedented. I mean, uh, during World War I, uh, under Robert Borden, uh, liberals and conservatives came together to run Canada in a time of national crisis. During World War II, it was the same both in Great Britain and here. Um, and, you know, Jim Prentice has been spending the week handing out copies of a book about the way Abraham Lincoln formed a national unity government during, you know, the American Civil War. That sounds odd, but you know what I mean. The, mm-hmm. the, the North formed a unity government of, of Republican and Democrats. But we're not at war. I, I know the price of oil is a little bit soft at the moment. A little but bit a soft. A little bit soft. But this, for the leader of the party that is Her Majesty's loyal opposition to somehow take to heart the playground slogan, if you can't beat them, join them, it, it just so shows so much immaturity and so much intellectual and and ethical dishonesty it's really appalling i feel like i am going to end up becoming the the defender of danielle smith and the floor crossers just out of d by default here in this panel but let me ask you from a from a very factual perspective how did smith and let's let's name all the floor crossers rob anderson jeff wilson bruce McAllister, gary vickman jason hale blake peterson rod fox and bruce Rowe justify this move well they're justifying it right now by saying that prentice is really the leader they all, always wanted the leader he, of their dreams he, he is he is the one that um, they can get behind and they had this shared value statement this joint policy statement <laughs> yes, saying we're all on the same out. wavelength but this is a rationalization this is them trying to rationalize this to the public and to themselves and to the supporters I think what happened here Kathy is right and Paula is right they gave up you go back to um, the thing is in the polls they weren't that far behind the government in the polls that's five or six points like they're pretty close what happened, uh, they lost the by-elections. That caused a massive problem in the party that began questioning her leadership. There's that rift between um, the more conservative faction in the party, the more progressive faction in the Wild Rose Party. Where did they go? And that caused a rift that we saw at the, the general, uh, general meeting over the issue of um, uh, sexual orientation, where the, the members voted down a resolution that Smith was supporting. And the thing is, though, during all of this, they were in some sort of negotiations going on. After the by-election fell apart for them, they began making feelers to the government about crossing over. So I'm appalled both at the hypocrisy of Smith, who stood up for one thing in terms of democracy, 
and has just done a backroom deal, but also the fact they were actually in talks for weeks and weeks and weeks while they're pretending to be the government in opposition. That, to me, is another knife in the back of democracy. Besides, besides her going back on her own word and what were her principles, the fact that they've done this great sham on Albertans as, as well as their, their own supporters. Their other I, justification is equally inane. I mean, uh, Daniel Smith's argument seemingly was, well, because the Alberta party did rather well finishing second in one of the Calgary by-elections, that she was afraid that there would rise up a left-of-center coalition of the Alberta Party, the Liberals and the New Democrats, and horror of horrors, then we would have a left-of-center government in Alberta. And so the only thing she could do to stave off the leftist hordes was to join the Conservatives so that they could be a stronger right-wing force against the powers of darkness apparently. This is all based on Greg Clark finishing second in one by-election. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah. it, it's a fantasy. And I, I think there's also this argument that, you know, after the convention, she felt that the party was not going in the direction that she could any longer sustain and that she needed to, you know, rethink, have that walk in the snow. I would say that that's a lack of political maturity. We have all in the past seen conservative conventions where totally... I could say almost crazy resolutions have passed and basically the governing you know, caucus just said, okay, that's fine. That's what you think. That's not how we're going to govern. I mean, they, they often get ignored. Right. And, and there's ways that you, if you're a leader, gradually lead your party out of those odd woods and bring them back into some semblance of, you know, a reasonable position. I just think that in this case, she didn't really have the maturity to see that the outliers are not who you govern by, that you don't take that as the last word, that you are the leader and you have to readjust their opinions. One crazy resolution should not absolutely destroy your faith in your own party. Is it, but, 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 this is, but this is really my question, Graham, and I've, I've been on holidays this week. I was supposed to be not following this. So this is, this is what I, I, I'm still not quite grasping. What precisely has Prentice done as premier for the people of Alberta that would make him so hypothetically invincible? I mean, he's done some incredibly strategic maneuvering within the structure of his party. But I can't say that he had a strong first session. Uh, the Most of the bills that the government brought in were very lackluster and lacking in any kind of vision and ambition. The Bill 10 debacle uh, was a national embarrassment for Prentice. The price of oil is cratering. He's about to go to war with the public service. I mean, I, I think Kathy's right. There's a lack of maturity and a lack of the courage to stay the course. I mean, Prentice is still in his honeymoon period with the glow off of him. I don't know that the Wild Rose was correct in assuming that they had no chance in the next election. Well, no, I, listen, I've written my very first column said that they lost their nerve. The, yeah. the first thing, first off, was that they have lost their nerve. When, the thing is, it is immaturity. When they lost those four by-elections, they were hoping to get, you know, at least finish second in all of them. They finished third in two of them. That caused this um, earthquake in the party and in the caucus. They were frozen. They were paralyzed, didn't know what to do. And that is a bunch of rookies not knowing what to do. I've talked to people on both sides, uh, more seasoned veterans on the government side and the wild rose. They say the very same thing you've been saying, Paula, is that it, why not just keep pushing through, put your head down and just keep on pushing through. 
And they don't, even the ones I've talked to who were actually involved at some point in the negotiations, couldn't really understand why the Wild Rose gave up so easily. On the Wild Rose side, we, we have a sense, but why did it, it took a while on Wednesday for the Conservatives to let this group of uh, MLAs into their club. Why, what what was going on inside that room, Graham? Do we know, and well, we Kathy, know. do we know what, what, the, what was taking so long? We know, for example, I had sources, really good sources tell me there'll be nine crossing the floor, it's going to happen Wednesday, Thursday's a shuffle of cabinet. Well, they didn't. Um, there really had to be some pushback. There was a lot more pushback than they thought um, in terms of not all the PCs are welcoming, <laughs> really happy about this, right, what's actually happening. So you have uh, PC caucus members saying, well, hold on for a second. Our sworn enemy who's been bashing us for the last five years gets crosses the floor on a Wednesday and then gets into cabinet on Thursday? I don't think so. And so... Prentice had to push off the, the cabinet shuffle. So there's a lot more pushback than you would think from caucus on Wednesday. People not, not, they're not happy with this. Not, not just the MLAs, the government MLAs. They're realizing that their members, people who have been supporting the party, the PCs that is, all of a sudden are going to have Wild Rose members rammed down their throats in those, and, in those elections, you know, the, the actual constituents where the, um, where the Wild Rose are the members They'll, they'll be given preferential treatment in the next election in terms of becoming um, uh, candidates for the PCs. And it's I, also I, think it's there's, I think there's another issue there, too. If you have any personal ambition and you're either in the backbench or you're a junior cabinet minister and you know he's talking about shuffling the cabinet and bringing in some wild rose, probably at the expense of either your own advancement or your own position – there's got to be some personal pushback there. I mean, there's some deep disappointment, my bet is, amongst those junior cabinet ministers. I think that they are looking at that and going, excuse me, have I not been putting in my time? Um, and people who have been, you know, sort of on the cusp, who are, you know, up-and-comers looking for, um, uh, for their way forward in the future, are thinking... We've seen it in the civil service as well. He has brought a lot of people from Eastern Canada, a lot of people who were his personal, you know, uh, appointments in rocketing into the top of the civil service. Now it looks like he's rocketing people from right outside the party into the cabinet. I mean, if you're, you know, trying to climb the ladder and suddenly there's somebody stepping on your head, I think you maybe were squeaking pretty loud in that caucus meeting. You know, and there's also a question of betrayal on the other side. I mean, we've talked about, I've talked about the uh, cowardice and hypocrisy of the Wild Rose, but let's look at this from the other side. There are lots of angry Wild Rose supporters all over social media, but they're angry conservative supporters too, particularly people on the more progressive side of the party who thought Alison Redford was taking them in a more progressive direction. I mean, think about all the people who voted strategically in the last election for the progressive conservatives and against the Wild Rose because they thought the Wild Rose was too right-wing. Well, this is a betrayal of every voter who voted for the Tories on that basis in the last election. So it's not just the Wild Rose supporters who have a right to feel that you know that they were hoodwinked. I think Tory supporters do too. How can Prentice ever possibly hope to keep 72 MLAs happy? I mean, there is too much of a good thing in government, is there not? How is well, he going to make this work? It has happened before. We saw Lougheed with a lot of people, uh, Klein. It's power. Power is a very powerful glue. If, if they're in government and they're, they're going to win the next election, no problem, people will tend to keep their mouths shut because they're in power. But you're right. It's a lot of mouths to feed politically in terms of <laughs> keeping them happy, which is why we, we kept seeing Klein said, when he first joined, he said, I'm going to first became leader, very small cabinet, but they tend to expand cabinet, associate ministers, other committees, all of a sudden they've got 
three quarters of the caucus is in some sort of committee or uh, a, a, in a portfolio. So they, they, it will expand. It happens. I was going to say, I feel like we're about to have a lot of committees suddenly, uh, suddenly announced. What do you guys make of this shared statement of principles, points of agreement on health care, education, uh, environment, energy, municipal financing? What do you make of this, Kathy? I mean, should we be scared of phrases like increasing patient choice in healthcare? Yeah, I mean, that particular one sort of set me on my heels. I have to say, I think already, to some extent, Prentice has moved them a bit to the right. And I think um, so. So this wasn't as outrageous as I think it might have been, because it doesn't get into the specifics. But I think this document actually was about even a little more overarching ambition on the part of both um, Smith and Prentice to merge the parties. And this was the basis on which to actually kick all of the slats out from underneath the wild rose and actually bring them all into the tent. Um, obviously, it didn't quite work. And I don't know if that stands because it didn't quite work now. Yeah, because remember, this was a, this was spun not as a floor crossing, but as a merger and with Daniel Smith arguing that she was going to bring everybody over, um, which I, I just don't think she has the capacity to do, not anymore. Yeah, so the Wild Rose, they're, they're need, uh, many of them, their knee-jerk reaction has been no. The party executive, I think, had, a, had an emergency meeting and formally said no to this. But do you think that once they're over their shock that they, it, they might actually start to talk about it? Well, there's a lot of money involved, of course, because then the merger isn't oh, just getting yes. the, the Cox oh, members. Yes. Mer- merger means that two parties merge and the money merge. Well, I think that takeover. It's a takeover for the, the PCs taking over the, the Wild Rose. Um, but the, a lot of money involved. The Treasury then from the Wild Rose then goes to the PCs. So we're talking millions of dollars. It's not just the people crossing the floor. It's actually stuff happening behind the scenes. Getting back to this uh, joint um, policy statement, um, there's a lot, yeah, Kathy's right. A lot of things in there that we've heard from um, uh, Prentice already. And we've, we've pushed them on some of the issues like um, more more choice in healthcare. He says, look, that's things like um, maybe more choice in terms of which hospital you go to or rural versus urban. He said it's nothing to do with abrogating the Canada Health Act and things like that. So I think that they're still hoping that the two will merge. But I think the, the Wild Rose right is dug in its heels and it's saying, no, we're, we're not going to move. And, and I don't blame them, actually. Are any of us even willing to make predictions anymore? What do you think this will mean for the political careers of Danielle Smith and Rob Anderson, who is now a double floor crosser? I mean, that's can, can anyone will they be taken seriously? Do you think ever? Like, does time heal all wounds? <laughs> well, no one you know, wants, well, we'll no one see. Does want to make predictions anymore? I, you know, I, I, fine. I think that uh, yeah. Again, if people in this province have a default setting to vote conservative, and that's what's been driving all of this, I think all along. That yeah, they may they may do fine. I think that it's going to be tough for them for the next uh, few months. We will have an early election, I think. Speaking of predictions, mm-hmm. there'll be a cabinet shuffle in, in January, and we're leading now towards an early election. This is um, him. It'll be uh, I think Prentice saying we need to, a mandate for this new team. But it's also a way of getting ahead of the, the dropping price of you oil. Know, in a peculiar way, all of the reaction, the outrage, the hurt, the whatever it is, is a bizarre noble epitaph for the accomplishments of the Wild Rose Party. Because I think a lot of people, say like me, who are at the opposite end of the political spectrum, were honestly impressed with the way the Wild Rose handled themselves in opposition over the last few months. They were an immensely effective opposition. They really did uh, expose 
you know, corruption and waste in Alison Redford's government. They led to the downfall of Alison Redford. They kept the Tories' feet to the fire. They really asked important questions about the blurring of party money and public money. They did a, really a very solid job in opposition. And I'm sorry, not you know, I'm not a conservative. I'm not a wild rose person. I'm not personally feeling betrayed by this. But as somebody who's on team democracy, uh, I, I, I think the it is a tribute to what the Wild Rose accomplished that people feel this angry at, at what's happened this week. And I might say as well, I would say that the anger is directed very, very seriously at Danielle Smith. And I would say because of that, I think she's done irreparable harm to her political future. I would say Anderson may come out of this way better than she will. Um, we know We know, for instance, that Prentice met with him separately. So I would say that Prentice, whatever he gives her in, in cabinet, they will really have an eye on her because she really has been the magnet for all the criticism. Um, and I think that that career is the one to be watching in terms of is, is this the, you know, is she the... I don't know, Macbeth the King Lear of, of Alberta politics about to go down in flames. Did we hear from Carrie Toll or Ian Donovan at this point? I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, they jumped first, right? Like, why did they go, why did they jump so fast? They did they, did they not and, know and, this yeah. was going on in no, the party? And, and according to Prentice, their talks were all separate. No one was talking to each other. So you had um, Toll and Donovan were talking separately to various people in the government. Meanwhile, the rumblings began with this group of nine going to cross was separate from all that. Toll has just said nothing. She says she's taken the high ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you look back to when Toll and, and Donovan crossed, uh, the outrage, the anger, the hurt from Danielle Smith. So it was Countess. all just, that was all just theater then? Well you, well, you know, I'm just wondering about this. Like, what the heck? Because at that point, um, Smith had feelers out on her behalf to the government. Weird. And, yeah, which is why this to me is... It's, it's, it's beyond uh, sad. It's beyond a stab in the back. There's all kinds of levels that can be peeled away that has to, I hope, one day be revealed as to what the heck happened. Mm-hmm. I know, we totally, yes, there needs to be a serious post-mortem on all of this. What could be a great the, fringe play. That's Oh, totally. Good <laughs> book, good movie, good everything. What happens to the remaining Wilders? Do you think any more are going to cross the floor? Like, there's five now. Are they going to stay strong? No, <laughs> they won't stay strong. There'll be more crossing the floor. We've heard there's more crossing the floor. In fact, that usually is the very first sentence. We welcome Ke- you. Yes, yes. yes, we will continue to welcome more <laughs> Wild Rose MLAs. They've yeah, only got more. five left. One the thing is, of course, when it comes to the issue, who's the official opposition? Yes. Because you've got five uh, Wild Rose, five liberals, and you've got Raj Sherman, liberal leader, already making uh, rumblings, but he wants to become the official Maybe opposition. Maybe it's like an official request. Girl, you know. but five how, liberal MLAs. <laughs> but how can he when we know that two of them are going to be stepping down to run federally. Yeah, but they're not. There will be. The election hasn't been called yet. So right. there will, So it depends. So if you've seen a new year and another wild roser go to the, the government or step down, whatever, then the liberals are up five, and then for the time being, they'll be the official opposition. And yeah, then, right, you know, eventually it, it, it works its way down to Rachel yeah, Notley. Rachel Notley is going to be leader of the official yeah. opposition by the end of the year, I would I Unless well, not the end of this year. By next year, <laughs> that's knows? true. Yeah, uh, things don't change. There's you're right. Still a week. Uh, unless unless Joe Anglin does something strange oh. and joins somebody. Yeah, he's talking about uh, forming a coalition with one other party to become the leader. I'm like, kind of like opposition. what? You know, he's just. 
He is the coyote in all of this. He is the joker, and he's having a lot of fun with Absolutely. this. Absolutely. I but, love Alberta politics. But, you know, uh, well, there's <laughs> days yeah. you're going to wonder. Um, and this is the week we're going to wonder. But the thing is, I still think there'll be an early election. The other, the other challenge that Jim Prentice has, it isn't just a question of the size of the, of the caucus and the size of the cabinet. He's now got people in that caucus who really hate each other, who really hate each other a lot. And it's it's... It's yeah. going to be a soap opera within. I mean, that big tent. There are a lot of there are a lot of pocket knives in the big tent. I mean, now you've got Stephen Mandel in the same caucus as Danielle Smith. You've got Danielle Smith in the same caucus as Carrie Toll. You've got Thomas Lukasik in, in the there. same caucus because with everybody. It's oh, it's going to be it's going to be a thing. Well. I think we shall wrap up that thing. Unless anything final you want to say on this? There's so much to say. I mean, it's really hard to sum it up in 25 minutes. We've tried. We're all just in, still in shock. In five shock. days I, later. Yeah, the thing is, and I knew something was up. In fact, I was talking to Kathy about this last week, and and my colleagues uh, Karen Cleese, and as I say, um, even though we had an inkling something was happening, when we actually watched. Danielle Smith walked down the stairs. Even I knew it was going to happen <laughs> with Prentice. It was still a moment where, what the What F? was it like to be in that room? Like, did they seem genuinely warm towards each other? I was just watching from the video player, so it's hard to get a sense of uh, of real emotion. But, like, was it a truly happy union? Well, it's hard to say. Like, they're, they're both actors. They're both I guess so. Who can? Yeah, it's all, right? it's so all theater. It is, and it's been theater for two months Ugh. or more. I suspect most people will still just want to devour every story on this that they can. Do you want to just do a collective good stuff endorsement of this book that Premier Jim Prentice (laughs) gave to 72 MLAs? I mean, if you can find a copy of it, I think that because we're all running to many different things, I think we should do a collective endorsement of... The book called Team of Rivals. Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin, the political genius of Abraham Lincoln. So at some point, either he just has a whack of these in a crate under his desk no, or he, he special no, ordered he, them. He did. Wow. In my call this morning, I explained I saw, yes. that he bought them all. He all like, all like, the like, copies and from here to Winnipeg. Well, he, like when would he have known he was going to do this? That's just it, right? I mean, and, you have to order from, you know, he, all of us ordering Christmas gifts. No, you got to order those things in advance. Well, he went, I guess, all the bookstores. And he made all the calls, got the bookstores to send them. It's not like he has them. the planes to but, go but, well, but it's interesting he's up. got extras <laughs> just in case there's more. Sure, I know. <laughs> it, it, his desk is full of them, um, loaded with them. And, of course, the, the team of arrivals, the, the importance of this book is a fact that this was um, looking at how Lincoln uh, attracted his uh, rivals over to his cabinet. <laughs> and this is Prentice saying welcome. Well, we've got Prentice saying welcome. Let's end on adieu for this week. Due to the holidays, the press gallery will be taking a vacation, no matter what happens in Alberta politics, after, <laughs> until after the new year. So, I, so we say. I think. Right. I think. Though at this point, yeah, it seems foolish to say anything definitive. We'll be back in the first full week of January, hopefully with the new quiz, with a quiz show, with some new questions and some editing of the old ones. Thanks to Graham, Kathy, and Paula for joining me this early Friday morning to talk about this, and thanks to journal videographer Ryan Jackson for joining us too. You can find that video clip from Ryan at edmontonjournal.com and previous audio episodes of the podcast on edmontonjournal.com's opinion page. The show also can be downloaded for free from iTunes. To subscribe, just search for The Press Gallery or head to SoundCloud and follow the Journal SoundCloud feed. Let me conclude with a heartfelt thank you to all of our listeners. We appreciate you supporting us throughout 2014 and it's been great to hear from you, especially this week, to know that you were looking forward to our take on this unprecedented moment in Alberta politics. I wish I could say what 2015 will bring, but whatever it is, we'll look forward to sharing it with you in the press gallery.